<laughs> I love this conversation so much. So, uh Welcome to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formicella. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to learn from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical, sexy new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new life, you are in the right place, and I've got your back. Hello, dear listeners, and good morning, Lena. Good morning. <laughs> so nice to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. So nice to be here. Oh, I love the episodes that we do together. I've actually not been having as many co-hosts come on recently, but you're someone who I hope to continue to feature because you have such good insights. And Thank today you. we are talking about tough love. This is a tough love alert. If you are listening to this because you're going through a breakup and you're feeling stuck and you're not sure the way forward, you know, sometimes a little tough love can help. And I got this idea because one of the episodes that we did together, I believe it may have even been how to talk about your breakup. You mentioned that sometimes with your clients, you give them a little bit of a tough love alert. And I just thought, oh, that's brilliant for people who just, you know, tend to do the same things over and over and find themselves going through, you know, breakups and unhappy relationships. So thank you for the idea. Yeah, you're welcome. And it's also, it's not, it, you know, it's, I kind of do this with my clients and it is called tough love for a reason. I do it in a very loving way, but it's something that is tough to hear. Yeah. Okay. People hear, oh, tough love. I did something wrong. That's not it. It's not meant to be scary and it's mm-hmm. not meant to be uh, blaming at all. It's yeah. when, you know, as coaches, a lot of times we're working with people and they've told us, oh, I want to change this. I want to do something really, really different here. And it's kind of, it's, it's hard to do that. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really glad that we're doing this. Thank you. Me too. And definitely we are coming from a place of love and definitely a place of compassion. I tried to do a little bit of research about tough love (laughs) in preparation for this episode. I was a little surprised to find that it's actually getting kind of a bad rap recently and that it's being kind of tied in with some less healthy approaches. And I, yeah, just really want to make sure that we say that we're approaching this from a place of compassion. And also, look, if what you've been doing isn't working for you, maybe it is time, you know, to have a little reality check. So that's what we're here for today. Lena, what is your intention as far as sharing this with my audience? My intention (laughs) is for you who are listening to hear 
something that will help move you forward. Mm -hmm. It's always my intention. Thank you. And my intention is to help people who are in pain and show you new ways of doing things so that you can get out of this and heal your heart. Let's get into it. Coaching is about accountability and accountability is only useful if you're doing things a new way. And so that's one reason that two love coaches are here sharing tough love with you today. Also, I don't know about you, Lena, but one thing that I notice about people who continue to do the same things over and over again is that they're in a lot of pain a lot of the time. The people who come to me, what they've been doing isn't working, and some of them are miserable. And so that's another reason I wanted to do this episode. Mm -hmm. Because think about it, consciously, you're telling yourself and you know for sure you want your life to be different than it is, or you want something specific about your life to be different than it is. And I'm going to take a wild guess because of the title of your podcast that if everything else in, in someone's life is great and you're listening to this podcast, it's because something about your romantic relationships you would like to have different, right? So that's what you consciously know and you're very aware and and you're very ready. I want my relationships to be different or I want my relationships to be better or healthier or whatever the word is that you're using. Mm -hmm. Um, But very unconsciously, you are creating situations where they're staying the same. So that's the difference. And that's why if you feel that you are in pain about this right now, it's because there's there you're working at cross purposes with yourself. So there's this struggle, right? And so, you know, struggle literally is painful. A lot of you are probably exhausted a lot of the time and you don't know why. So this is another, this is just a great opportunity for you to really understand how to not only make the change that you want to see in your romantic relationships, but you're not going to feel as exhausted anymore. You won't have this internal struggle. Yep. Mm -hmm. And same with the healing process. I think that a lot of people, when they go through breakups, kind of deal with it in the same ways over and over. Or maybe you've been dealing with just one breakup for several months now, and you're doing, you know, the same thing, and not getting anywhere with your healing. And so that's an important part of it as well. And I like what you said about working at cross purposes with yourself, because one reason tough love is so effective is that so many of us are our own worst enemy. I would not say that that resonates with me anymore, but it used to. Mm -hmm. And we definitely don't have to be our own worst enemy, but it takes making changes and that is why it is tough, is that change is hard. I mean, how many people do we know who have just been doing the same thing for decades and mm-hmm. staying, you know, stuck and unhappy? Mm-hmm. We get really comfortable with certain ways of doing things, even if they are completely self-sabotaging. When we repeat the same thing over and over, we get just comfortable and used to it. And that is why some of us 
don't make any progress in life. I know for me, I had a really chaotic life for a number of years where really I didn't make any progress and it was just one disaster after another. I went through period after period of really severe depression, not being able to pull myself out of it. And I really had to realize that this was my pattern is that it was just what I was comfortable and used to. And the change took a long time and it was not easy and it was really uncomfortable but I stopped the self-sabotage because of my willingness to do it. Right. And you use the word comfortable and that you were comfortable in it. And so I want to introduce another word to make the point. When we hear you say you were comfortable in it, some people might say, oh, well, yeah, she was comfortable. So why would <laughs> I you change be comfortable. doing something that you're comfortable? <laughs> I want to be comfortable. I don't like yeah. discomfort, right? So what we're talking about is that there is a sense of comfort in familiarity. Yeah. Right? It's predictable. It's predictable. It's familiar. But I'm willing to bet that it wasn't comfortable for you. It was uncomfortable, chaos, right? To yeah. be in chaos. Right. <laughs> exactly. Hitting so, rock I, bottom? Uh, I mean, I guess yeah. I was used to it, but I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the difference. We, you know, we want to help you all live lives that you enjoy. That's the word. My goal. So, you know, when I very, very, my very, very first coach who I had one-to-one coach who I was about to work with for a year, said to me, where do you want to get to? Where are you now? What do you want to feel? That was the goal. We were going for a feeling for me. What do you want to feel in your life? And I, and the word came out of my mouth before I was even conscious of it because it had been so buried what I really, really wanted. And I said, joy. I want to feel joy. And so that's, that's the thing for you. You weren't enjoying your life at that time when you, but you felt comfortable in it. Yeah. I just wanted to really make that distinction to, to really help people understand that, that it's not, we don't say you're finding comfort in something because you all feel comfortable. It's you all feel familiar. So we go back to repeat something simply because it's familiar. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to our relationships and especially mm-hmm. when it comes to our, our healing and mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be such a good episode. So are you going through a breakup and feeling stuck? Have you continued to repeat the same patterns in your relationships over and over again? Do you continue to go through breakups? Lena and I have come up with five pieces of tough love to help you get to the next phase of your healing journey, have great relationships in the future, and have a wonderful new chapter in life. This is a tough love alert. (laughs) Let's get into it. Lena, you wanted to talk about self-knowledge. What tough love alert would you like to give about Mm self-knowledge? There are things that happen in life, and some of them never should happen to us. Right. So, but we also all have to, at a point, look at ourselves and how we interact with the things that happen in life. Is that a fair way? It's such a good 
That's such a good way to put it. You know, I, I have a very tumultuous relationship with my immediate family. And I do feel sometimes that it's happening to me. Mm-hmm. And for so many years, I was just so freaking frustrated. And, and while yes, it, no one deserves to be as you know treated as unfairly as I was, I needed to look at my role. And that was that I was continuing to put myself in the situation that had just been proven to me yes. <laughs> to be fruitless. And I kept on trying in different ways. And I kept on engaging in this, you know, dysfunctional system that we have in our family. And it was when I realized that I didn't need to do that anymore. And that I could either show up differently or remove myself entirely that I finally felt free and and empowered by the by the situation or empowered from the situation. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. That's exact thank you. That's a perfect example of what I was talking about. If something happens to you that never ought to have happened to you or been done to you, absolutely that is not your mm. responsibility or your fault at all. And yet if you realize that you are repeatedly in situations where things are happening that that are not good for you that's when you need to really tap into your self knowledge and be willing to look at yourself what keeps you in those situations what keeps you repeating yes. the pattern right mm-hmm. the pattern The thing that originally happened is not your fault Mm -hmm. or responsibility. The pattern is yours to take responsibility for. Is that a fair way to state it? That is such a good way to say that. And definitely I'm going to use that in a graphic for for this episode. I love it. Um, And it just brings to, to mind other parts of my journey. You know, I was in this extremely exploitative space situation when I was in Australia with my sponsor of my visa. And I mean, it was messed up. And for a little while, I guess I did sort of feel you know, victimized. However, when I went on the spiritual journey that I went on that brought me to where I am today, I did reflect quite a bit. And I realized that it was my tendency to put all of my uh, my success and happiness on you know like a third party and it was the fact that up to that point in my life I was not a fully self-reliant person to the point where I in- got involved in this work situation because I didn't think that I could figure things out on my own and yes. when I decided that self-reliance was going to be a priority in my life it was yeah such a game changer I love um, that so we can call this section self-knowledge and self-reliance. Yes. Too, right? <laughs> okay, great. You finally realized that you kept putting yourself in situations that were not healthy for you because that was what you knew from an early age mm-hmm. and you just didn't let yourself grow up out of it until you did mm-hmm. let yourself grow up out of it. And I will say that as far as like the comforts aspect of it, when I decided to move back to America, I had to kind of start everything completely over. And I did have sleep, like literal sleepless nights where I would pace, you know, not knowing how I was going to do it, not knowing how I'd find a job in an apartment and, you know, build things from scratch completely on my own, not asking for anyone for help. And so I would say it definitely was not comfortable, but the end result and changing the way that I did everything was an obvious game changer. Right. And I want to expand on that point too. 
let's be totally honest. And this is why this love is tough. It's tough to hear because some of this stuff is going to be really tough for you all to do. Mm-hmm. That's the tough part of the tough love. It's tough to look at ourselves. When I started to go through this process for myself, I had to say, okay, all these years of wanting, not nice. wanting to look inside because yeah. I was scared to know what I was going to find in here. But here's the thing. A lot of us are not looking inside because we're scared to know really what's inside. And yet at the same time, we're making really negative assumptions about what's on the inside. And so I want to offer to you all that at your core, you are good and loving and loved beings. That's (laughs) That's who you are. Mm. Every single one of you. I truly, truly believe that about every single one of you. And so please don't stop yourself from going through the process that you might need to because it will feel uncomfortable because of what you're afraid you're going to find. Yeah. And this includes taking some time off from dating and being single and getting to know yourself. Yeah. Let's talk about blaming others, which is kind of at the core of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I found this great post called why we blame others Mm. on a website by Citron Hennessy therapy. And they say the reason why people usually blame others is that it's a quick escape from guilt. Mm -hmm. Blame is an incredibly easy and effortless tactic to use when we feel defensive. If you don't hold yourself accountable for the consequences of your behaviors, thoughts, and feelings, you get to continue living life thinking that you don't have any flaws or areas that need improvement. (laughs) Let's talk about how to stop doing this, Lena. I think that when we blame others, and this could, you know, include blaming your ex for how you're now feeling if they were Mm -hmm. the ones who ended the relationship Uh or maybe even if they weren't if you felt that you were kind of forced to end things because they weren't going well you could still be blaming them and that's why this is tough love because it's time to stop this pattern it's going to take a lot of effort but you can so let's talk about how to stop doing this so the first thing that's coming to me when when you say that is this is your life. And in the course of your life, whichever one of you I'm talking to, you are going to meet tens or hundreds or thousands of people over the course of your life. And if your life were a science experiment, you would be the only constant. You are the one thing that you are going to take through into each and every interaction with all of these tens or hundreds of thousands of people. So if you are looking to all of these disparate people to be acting in a certain way to give you the life that you want, I just don't even think that that is scientifically or mathematically possible, (laughs) right? Yeah, that's such a good point. (laughs) And if you are not having, you know, the, the interactions and the outcomes and, and the results that you want to have 
It's about looking at you and how you are interacting and behaving. I really like to use the word behavior, though, because feelings lead us to behave in certain ways. And so a lot of times, all it takes to totally shift the outcome of an interaction with someone is a change in behavior. You know, think about it. How, how do you act with someone when you are feeling sad versus how do you act with that same person when you're feeling happy? Or how do you interact with that same person when you're feeling angry? And all of that is you. It's all within you. So it's really kind of interesting about the study that you were just talking about. And you said you used the word defensive, that it, we blame others when we are feeling defensive. Well, we're feeling defensive because we don't want to be blaming ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. But defensiveness, I don't, you've probably had this experience, Janice. When we feel defensive, and we're behaving with someone else, what they're often receiving is offensiveness. Like our defensiveness becomes really offensive mm-hmm. towards someone else because we're putting up a wall. That's what we're doing. We're defending ourselves. And a lot of you, it's going to take breaking down the wall that you've put up between yourself and yourself. Yep. That's a really good point. Thank you. I also like what the quote said about it being an effortless way to kind of get out of looking at yourself is to blame others. And again, that's why this is tough love, because these are effortless, easy ways to avoid taking responsibility. Whereas looking at your own part in in your life is not effortless and certainly changing isn't either. Would you be willing to expend a little more effort trying to really look at yourself and your own patterns and do that work rather than the default effort that you're already maybe putting into just automatically blaming other people? (laughs) I love this conversation so much. I came up with three tips to stop blaming others. The first and this is my maybe not where what you would think of immediately, but stop repeating the story to others. I think this is especially pertinent when it comes to relationships and breakups. You are often blaming your ex or blaming your partner. And then you go and you tell your mom and you tell your girlfriends and you just perpetuate it. And a lot of the people that you probably choose to repeat the story to are perhaps the ones who are going to support you. And, you know, like, yeah, you're right. He's crap. And <laughs> and so they're not going to encourage you to look at your role. Plus the fact that the more you repeat something, like the more true it becomes to you. And also it, it grows. And so when something bad happens to you or in your life or when you experience something, don't go around telling everyone, about it. You need to start thinking objectively about the situations in your life. Yeah. And I heard that and my little flag went up in my head. I do that. I'm really, really guilty of that. And it's kind of interesting because I'm realizing something specific, that one specific story that I keep telling. And I've even started to preface it by, 
I said I wasn't going to say this anymore, but since you asked. <laughs> yeah. And not only is it blaming others, let's think about this. How often do you repeat over and over and over and over again a story about yourself when you did something? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did that thing and I kept doing that thing. And I said, I wasn't going to do that thing anymore, but I did it again. And since you asked, I thought I'd tell you again. We don't do that. We do it about other <laughs> That's people. so true. I, I was hoping that was the point you were trying to make. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. So thank you for that because I just heard that really, really loudly. That's I needed so to hear that. Oh, thank you. you're very welcome, my dear. When yeah. something happens that you don't love, Take it as a learning experience rather than completely spinning out and looking for someone or something to blame. I think a lot of coaches are really good at this. This is something that I now do automatically, but it wasn't always. And it's a completely new way of operating in life and functioning is looking at something that doesn't go right and then trying to learn from it. I mean, even the other day, (laughs) so I have this bad habit. Sometimes I go out for a run and I know that I want to stop at the store on the way back. And so I put my credit card like in my bra. (laughs) And then what happens? I get home from my run. I take off my sports bra, put it on the bed. And then later down at the pub, I don't have my card. (laughs) And I've done it repeatedly recently. And I actually did it two nights ago. And I said, what is causing me (laughs) to have this bad habit of doing this? And I did think to myself, you know, what can I learn about being conscious and intentional in my surroundings and making sure I have my things before I leave the house? And it was very embarrassing to do that. But, you know, instead of getting mad at myself, I took it as something to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes it takes us one time of doing something and we swear we'll never do that again. And sometimes we it takes us a few times of doing something. What we are talking about is you being able to control absolutely the one thing that you might think is chance right now, but you and your part in every single interaction that you have and your part in not controlling uh, and not repeating your patterns and your part in not repeating relationships that are really uncomfortable or unhealthy for you. Your part in that is absolutely a hundred percent under your control. Tough love alert number two. And I really want people to listen to this. If you're going through a breakup, I encounter resistance against this all the time, but it's a hundred percent true. Your relationship ended because it wasn't working. So it's time to stop idealizing your ex and what you thought you wanted. It is time to move on. It wasn't functional. It wasn't working for both of you. Things don't end because they're wonderful. (laughs) What do you think, girl? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm right on Mm -hmm. board with that. Recently, I've had a lot of people come who had not seen it coming and really Mm. breaks my heart. And I love working with, with those people. And a lot of people will say it was working. It was functional. I thought it was great. I was very happy. It was just them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it can't be just them. That, that right. By definition, if if it's not both of you, it's not a relationship. It wasn't right. Working. 
Right. I mean, I don't know how you coach your clients as far as structure of a relationship, but for me, we talk about how there's, there's three parts here that have to work together. There's each individual person and the relationship is its own entity that needs to be respected. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if it was working for you, that means it wasn't working for two thirds of this triangle. Yeah, nothing can function if just one third is is working. I I actually play, sometimes even play it as a little bit of a game where I'll ask people to try and convince me that it actually was working, but yet you still broke up. And it just, it's never the case any of the time. So if you're listening to this because you've gone through it recently, please remind yourself of that. It was not as good as you thought. That doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. That doesn't mean that you're not heartbroken, but it does mean that you have an opportunity for a fresh start and to go and find something that is fully functional. Oh my gosh, this episode for me, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this over and over again for myself because (laughs) you're just reminding me of something also. I had a relationship where functionally in the moment, I was like, this is really good. This is really working. It's going well. After it ended, I started thinking back and it was really interesting what was being served up to me. Specific moments were being served up to me for me to think back on. And I would think of that moment and something in that moment had happened. And I went, oh my gosh, that really wasn't okay. What did I, what was I thinking in that moment? And then I would have another one of those and another one of those. And I thought back to like, three or four times that I went, huh, that really wasn't okay. And so I want to offer to you also that even if you have come out of this relationship feeling like it was wonderful, I was super happy, everything was great, there might have been times that you were papering over a moment and not in the moment, acknowledging it to yourself, or maybe you did acknowledge it in the moment and you decided that you have to just accept it. Or I've heard the word compromise. And well, I guess this is one of those moments where I have to compromise. There's a huge difference between compromising between two people in a healthy way for the sake of the relationship and feeling like there's something that is not right that you are needing to accept or allow. That's yeah, compromising not compromise. yourself. Compromising yes. yourself. Thank mm-hmm. you. Do yeah. not compromise mm-hmm. yourself for the and, sake of the relationship. And one reason that people continue to go back to how great it was, was some of the relationships and still within the honeymoon period or with the memories of the honeymoon period just being like so front and center. And that is when we tend to self-compromise and ignore red flags because everything else feels so great. I mean, connecting with someone new and having chemistry with someone new, plus having sex with someone new, especially if the sex is good, that definitely is such an amazing feeling. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship overall was great. I mean, I just barely went through this. I thought my last partner and I on paper were great, compatible in so many ways. And of course, as I've gone back and and reflected a lot, as I do, I'm like, oh my God, 
I heard him lying on the phone to people. It stood out to me. And I thought, that's kind of weird. But because our chemistry was just off the charts, especially the first few months, I just kind of swept it aside. But it became emblematic of really how he showed up in pretty much all aspects of his life. But, you know, it was something that I definitely self-compromised on. I'm like, you're lying about the stupidest thing. (laughs) You don't need to be lying about this right now. But I kind of, you know, laughed it off. And, you know, it wasn't as great as I as I thought it was from the beginning. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with this particular aspect of your breakup and you're convincing yourself that it was great and wonderful and you hadn't had it before, I really challenge you to make a list and think long and hard about all of the things in the relationship that you either didn't like or that weren't working or times you were hurt. And I think that you'll come to the reality of the situation and be grateful that it ended. We're going to take a very quick commercial break. And then when we come back, Lena and I have three more tough love alerts for you. Nothing shatters your life like a breakup. And the pain of a broken heart is real. I know that it seems impossible right now, but there is hope and there are ways to heal. I would love to work with you one-on-one to heal your broken heart and put your breakup behind you. My personalized coaching programs are designed to pinpoint what will be most effective in helping you to move forward and make this breakup a part of your past. I believe in you. Message me at xfilespodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at xfilespodcast and let's connect about creating a magical plan of action for you to enter 2023 with this breakup in your rearview mirror. Welcome back, everyone. Today we are talking about tough love. This is a tough love alert. And we have shared so far two tough love alerts. First of all, self-knowledge, and then looking at your relationship and accepting that it wasn't working. Our third tough love alert is self-management and taking responsibility for your experiences. Okay. So I have a question for all of you listening out there. Okay. Are you ready? Here's my question. Have you ever tried to change someone else? Right. Have you ever thought someone else needs to change for me to feel better here and asked someone hey, would you please change doing that? Or it's not even asking, have you ever told someone you need to do that thing differently or you need to stop doing that thing? Because I have. I, I have, have you? Yeah. Okay, how'd that work? Um, not very well. <laughs> right. And that, I'm still hoping that things will change, but I have accepted that, that they right. will with this person. So that's how we wind up. When we tell other people <laughs> that they need to change, a lot of times we just, I love that we're laughing about it because mm-hmm. when you're in it, it doesn't feel so funny. But now when we have the little distance, right? Yeah. And so, so that's the thing. We're talking about ways for you all to feel really confident and secure and feel that you have control in your life, which I totally believe that you do a lot more than, than you might be thinking right now that you do. And 
we're always allowed to ask people to do something for us. And I think that it's a very kind thing, especially at the beginning of a relationship. We each, you know, what do they say about first date behavior? We're all on our best behavior and we're just meeting someone and we might be really excited about this person. And it's always okay, whether it's the beginning or the middle or you've been with someone for many, many years, asking for what you need Asking for what you want, that's absolutely something that we all ought to get more comfortable doing. And yet, other people get to be themselves and do or not do, respond or not respond to our request. And so self-management is about you managing your self not managing other people. And it's actually a lot simpler to create a system to learn how to manage your own thoughts and your own feelings and your own behaviors than it is to go out into the world of 8 billion people and think that you're going to manage everybody else. Mm -hmm. So that's really what we're talking about here. Going back to what I had said earlier about, you know, your lives being a science experiment. That was the moment for me when I had that realization and I had moved out of state. I'm from New York originally. I had moved to Tucson, Arizona. (laughs) <laughs> y'all that's that a <laughs> yeah. that's a whole other Oprah that is a whole other episode right <laughs> what I will say for that which was really really wonderful is that I met wonderful people you know and I met people uh, literally that I never would have met if I'd stayed in New York but I also met different types of people than I ever would have met and definitely right? <laughs> and everyone, I'm from Arizona. And so I'm allowed to be making these little jokes right now. Hey, look, I'm just saying Tucson folk are different from New York folk. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, it's literally because what are the types of occupations and the types of uh, lifestyles, lifestyles mm-hmm. there that are mm-hmm. very different from New York? I mean, how and- many people did you know who didn't have a car in Tucson compared to New York. (laughs) Well, ask me how many people I knew who didn't have a pickup truck in Tucson, right? And the answer to that would be one, including all of my women friends too. I I mean, here's a little aside. It's it's great. When you need to move in Tucson, there's no such thing as calling a moving company. It's like your friends line up down the block with their pickup trucks and you, they move you. But anyway, I digress. But, but what I'm saying is that I think that, that that really was a, an impetus for me to be able to really look at myself because, and I'm not saying you all have to make a drastic move, but I will say that when you can start to look at yourself not blaming other people, not giving other people power over your life, but when you can look at yourself in comparison to how other people are different from you, then you might be able to really start to say, huh, this thing that I do, this way that I behave, I've always behaved this way. It was very 
accepted all of my friends who I've always had the same types of friends all of my life. We all kind of did this thing. And, oh, wait, isn't it interesting? All of my friends are single or all of my friends are in relationships that they wish were different Mm. or, huh, all of my friends are married. I, I guess what I'm saying is that we can look at at our behavior separate from who we are. That's interesting. Because, How do you think you do that? Well, here's an example. So I um, had the moment of reckoning where I realized once again, I was in Tucson and I don't know, I dated two, three, four different people. I was there for years and even though I was in this totally different place, seemingly meeting totally different people, yeah. all of my relationships were the same as they had been when I was in New York, as far as, oh, this one doesn't really want a committed relationship. Oh, I'm not really interacting in a healthy manner with this one. Oh, I'm actually saying this thing and complaining about this thing about this person, just like I used to about all these guys there. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went, oh, that's when I had that moment of I'm the common denominator in all of this. And so powerful. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. And look, going back to our fear of self-examining, our fear of self-knowledge, There is nothing inside of you that you need to fear. What I realized and what was my key to making the changes was there's something that I've overlaid to myself. There's something that I've put on myself, which is preventing me, which is behavior. I fell into a pattern of deciding that I was only attracted to a guy who looked a certain way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wasn't checking out to see how, if he really was interested in a relationship, I kept chasing the guys who looked a certain way. And I kept winding up with guys who didn't want to be married, (laughs) didn't want to be married to me. Right. (laughs) Or I would behave like I would, well, I'm smart and I'm, you know, I, I need to let people know that I'm smart. And so I would (laughs) be coming off like a know-it-all and there's no reason for that. Right. Or, well, I'm right about this. And so he needs to know that I'm right about this. Well, Hmm. you know, one of the most powerful thoughts that I've ever created for myself, I will say that helped to start to shift a lot of my behavioral patterns and change my relationships Here's the thought, write this down. It's okay if I'm the only one who knows that I'm right. Yeah. So those are just kind of like a couple of examples of what I'm saying. Rather than trying to change other people, really, when you can look at yourself and change your behavior in a lot of circumstances, that will drastically change your relationships. And what you give about the geographical dilemma that you thought perhaps that you were facing is a perfect example. People ask me constantly as a dating coach, if I think that things are different from city to city and that like this one particular city is so hard to date in. And I always call bullshit because it's Mm. not about the city. It's about you. 
You don't need a different app. Don't even get me started. We're going to talk about this when we get to mindset, but absolutely. Yes. You need to look in the mirror. So if you would like to become better at self-management, what do you do? First of all, what are your patterns? I've also had a type that I've just so consistently gone for. I had to look that this was a pattern. And then I had to look at what was not working in my relationships. There was many things, but yes, I was the common denominator for sure. And then what are you willing to do to stop the cycle? For some of you, that may mean dating outside of your type. For some of you, that may mean taking a different approach to your healing or maybe doing things different in your next relationships. One of my patterns was I went for the exact same type and then my relationships were hot and heavy and very passionate and very fast in the beginning. And then they burn out and blow up in my face. <laughs> and so, and I, what was I willing to do? Take things slower. And it's not easy because new love is fun. But for me, that was something that I had to learn. It's also not easy because it's a default. Yeah, exactly. let's be honest. It's mm -hmm. like, it's just there. And, and oftentimes we find ourselves taking an action before we even realize we're doing it. Right. Yeah. So we really need to self-examine and understand what are the cues? What's happening right before I do that thing? And, and the better we are at really, really getting to know ourselves, we'll start to be able to slow that down and get mm -hmm. to there in real time. Yes. And it takes a lot of examination. This is one reason why working with a coach can be so beneficial. I do some love mapping with my clients where we go back through the last, you know, three or four or even five relationships. And yeah, look at that. What was going on in your life before you met the person? What did you see in the first three months that you liked or didn't like? You know, how did things go? How did they end? And identifying the patterns. And it takes a certain type of person who wants to go through that, but it's such exciting information to gain about yourself. And it can, it can completely change how things go for you professionally and personally. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm thinking I really would like to just put a button on that story again, come back really quickly to my time in Tucson. And I talked about <laughs> all the experiences, you know, dating experiences that I had that were negative, but I do want to say that after I had that moment of reckoning, I really started to implement this work and I wound up in a relationship with someone. It's the longest relationship I've ever been in. And it is because I started to make that shift and I really opened up to, oh, maybe it's not about how someone looks. Maybe it's about how someone is, how someone acts, you know, all the other components that's the other thing too. all of you, each of you who's listening, this is all part of your life journey. All of these things you can use for you, use them for yourself, for your growth, right? thousand percent. Thank you. And huge shout out to Arizona and Tucson. I'm actually just getting ready to book my holiday trip to Tombstone. Which I know you love Tombstone. I love I it too. love it. I haven't it's been fun. back for about a year. I normally go twice a year and I'm so excited to book my Christmas trip. Yeah. So let's move on. Tough love alert number four. And I'm just going to put it this way. How's that working for you? <laughs> if you feel stuck, it is time to try something new. 
And I find people just staying caught in the cycle of doing the same thing day in and day out and in the same thing when they go on the apps, when they're in relationships, as they are healing from the relationships. And it's time to mix things up. And this is another reason why, you know what? Yeah, it might be time to hire a love coach or a breakup coach because what you have been doing is not working for you. Um, so I'm thinking the reason a lot of people hire a coach is because they think they've done absolutely everything there is to do already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not that I'm trying to dissuade you from hiring a coach if you really think that that's a right move for you and will be useful for you. But here's another tough love challenge to you. I promised you there would be more. I'm going to bet that you have not tried absolutely everything <laughs> there is to try. I'm willing to bet that you have done one or two or three things and you keep doing them over and over and over again. So you're, you're doing a lot of things, but you're not doing things differently. Yep. Yep. And that's the biggest creation of change right now. So if you're going to look at thinking that you've done everything there is to do and nothing's working for you, let's think about, well, I've gone on the apps and they, they don't work. The apps don't work. I need a new app. There's the men are terrible on this app. The women are terrible on this app, whatever it is. It's, I'm in the wrong city. I, women who live in cities of 9 billion. Yeah. That's not possible. 9 million or 90 <laughs> million people. I don't know how big Los Angeles and New York City are, but there are women living in huge cities who think there's no good men in this city. Well, and people do say that specifically about LA and New York. And I'm sorry, I just don't see it. It's just I don't, not I don't true. see it either. And, and you know, that again. And I've lived there. I've episode. lived in New York. I mean, yeah. it's been a few years, but no, I'm sorry. I'm from New York and I live in LA. And so I got both coasts covered. And so specific <laughs> to that, let's talk about that. There's no decent people in this city. There's no decent people on this app. Okay, so it's not what you're doing that is going to create the change for you. It's how you're doing it that's going to start to create the change for you. So if you're on an app in a city that you've already been in and you have got your, just like I said, I used to only want to date someone who looked a certain way. So if you're swiping... And you're only, I always get confused. Is it left or right when right you say yes? Right is when you say yes. Right is yes. Okay. So if you're only swiping right based on a picture. Now, I know some apps only give you a picture, which don't get me started on that. <laughs> but if you are on an app where you can at least see some kind of statement, if you can see something that someone has said, and you're ignoring those, and you're only swiping right on the pictures that you like, then I want to challenge you to pay more attention to what someone says rather than how they look. 
I agree. If you can have a conversation with someone, that's absolutely a second date. I cannot believe how many people tell me that there's no fireworks and even, and I'm sorry, but that is the perfect example of doing the same thing over and over again, going on a first date and just expecting these damn fireworks. Why don't you just think about whether or not you had a good conversation with the person and they were decent and had integrity? I mean, why? It's just, it's, it's um, maddening to see some people stay in these patterns. Right. So fireworks is marketing. (laughs) Fireworks is marketing. This could be another episode. Well, yeah, but making a note, making a note. (laughs) I talk about connection and compatibility, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So here's the other thing though, too. How are you even approaching putting yourself out there on these apps? And this could be another place where you are causing friction for yourself and suffering for yourself because consciously you're on an app because you want to meet someone and have a long-term relationship. But unconsciously you are interacting on that app in a way that is bringing you some pain as in, well, I'm not going to look for these benchmarks of possible compatibility and connection. I'm going to look for the benchmarks of chemistry and fireworks. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And fireworks burn out. So let's talk about examples in breakups and healing for people who can't seem to move on you. And this is where it comes in sometimes in my coaching where I say, how's that working for you? One, continuing to dwell on the past. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Continuing to focus on regret. A lot of my clients come to me wishing they had done things differently and not able to accept the fact that you didn't learn from it and move on. Staying in touch with your ex, even though it is causing you agony. How's that working for you? How are you doing with your healing when you guys are still texting and making each other miserable? (laughs) Repeating the same things about your ex or the breakup over and over again. I see this one coming up a lot. Allowing yourself to be pushed around by your family members. I'm not going to get into that now, but it's something I see people experiencing who can't seem to move on from their breakup. Right. And so that's a pattern that you might have that is common to all of your relationships. It's hard, you know, when you're staying in unhealthy patterns with anyone in your life, it will prevent you from, you know, kind of moving on. It's so true. Mm -hmm. And that could be a reason that you do need to seek professional help. And by professional, Mm -hmm. I mean, either a coach or maybe a therapist, Mm -hmm. because if you're in those unhealthy patterns in many, or even maybe all of your different types of relationships, you can't even see it. Mm-hmm. that's when you can start to feel like this is just the way the world is. Especially God, when it comes to your family members. Yeah. And something that I've been just barely starting to research and something that's shown up in my life and in my almost all of my clients' lives is that they have these exact same patterns with their parents or their siblings that they do in their serious relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to kind of figure out how to either do an episode on it or explore that that more and what it means. 
Yeah. And another thing I see people playing out over and over again that keeps them stuck is having a general bad attitude about being single. If you don't like being single and you think it sucks and you think it's some sort of failure, you will consistently find yourself in unhappy, unhealthy, unsustainable relationships because you're desperate to be in one. Thank you. And that goes back to behavior which Mm -hmm. starts with your thought. All of our behaviors, all of our actions start with our thoughts about the thing about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I really, 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 I think this is a key. You asked earlier, how can people start to make this shift? And we're going to talk more about that. This could be the first shift. This is the first thing that all of you have the ability to do. You don't need to buy anything new. You don't need to invest in anything. You don't need to take a lot of time to do this. This first step for you to create change in your relationships is something that you can do right now in this moment. Notice how you think about being single. Yep. It's huge. And that's gonna, yep, that's gonna be a game changer for you right there. Um, some other tips are working on small, consistent routines, developing your self-trust, that will help you to be more comfortable with making changes in your life, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, and then doing it again. Take yourself out to eat by yourself. And if you hate it, just keep on doing it. Journal about the things that you want to change in your life. This will help you gain clarity around where you need to start doing things differently. And of course, hire a coach. (laughs) So we have one last tough love alert. And I know that we're both really looking forward to talking about this. And Lena just touched on it as far as what is your mindset around being single. And our fifth tough love alert is, is your mindset sabotaging your success? This is a very challenging thing for some people to either wrap their head around or to actually change because a lot of people do not believe that we have control over our thoughts, but rather that our thoughts have control over us. And it does take some time. And I've been practicing mindfulness for a while, but at the end of the day, it is the way that you approach things that determines how you feel about your efforts and the outcome. A lot of people approach healing and relationships, and any type of change or personal development with a very negative mindset. I don't even think some people realize they're doing it, and yet they continue to get the same results. The dating app example is perfect. Everyone, please go back just a few episodes to listen to 171, the dating app mindset, because how many people are on the apps who continue to go on the apps, but say that there's no good people on the apps. And this was one reason we did the episode on the dating app mindset. We see our clients shooting themselves in the feet (laughs) (laughs) because they're so negative about being on there. And it was funny because when we posted the episode and I did it with uh, Julie Dempsey and Barry Selby, and it was kind of hilarious, some of the comments we got because women specifically said, yeah, I guess this would all be well and good if there were actual quality people on there. And Mm -hmm. we were just like, wow, like you just proved our point. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, yeah. And when it comes to your healing as well, a lot of people come to me and say like, they just can't, they can't stop thinking about it. They can't move on. They can't feel better. Can't, 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 I can't rather than maybe adjusting or considering the fact that it could be the way you're thinking about it. That is causing this self-perpetuating misery in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm having a bunch of different thoughts all at the same time. So <laughs> two things. So I'm based in Los Angeles, but I have clients all over the country. I have clients in Los Angeles who are dating in Los Angeles. I have clients in on the East Coast, some of whom are dating in New York City, some of whom are in smaller cities or towns all up and down the East Coast. I've got a bunch of people in the middle got some clients in Tucson. I've got clients all over this country and they're all dating. They're all dating. Mm -hmm. And they are all meeting quality men. Okay. I coach right now, currently women who are seeking men. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about right now. All of these women are meeting and dating quality men, no matter what size city they live in. And it's what's, what's so interesting about that is, you know how you can set, I don't know what the distance is it called the distance or the parameters? Like you can set your miles for yeah. how large a span of miles are you willing to consider? Yeah. What I want to challenge all of you to do is to how wide <laughs> a frame of your thoughts Ooh, girl. Are you willing <gasps> to expand? Oh my God. I love this little analogy that you're making. I am the analogy queen. <laughs> I love this so much. Okay. Are you really open? Yeah, you might have set, literally set your mileage. So here's the thing. My clients who are in smaller cities or, or towns, yeah, they literally have to set their mileage for a much greater span because functionally there might only be five single men in, you know, if they're <laughs> That's a, real a pretty small, small town. ass town. Well, that is um. a very small ass town, right? But I mean, and, and none of them is like, well, but that's what I'm saying. But that's really literal, right? But the bigger point, even especially if you're someone in a big city, especially if you're in a big city with people, oh, there's no good men in this city, whatever. That is where, so <laughs> that's <laughs> what a coach can work on yes. with you is to help you expand the parameters of your thoughts yes. of who are you looking for how are you interacting how it's not only show me where the good men are it's not only <laughs> who do i date that's looking outside of yourself but if you really want to look inside yourself and take control of your outcome in your romantic relationships the question is not who do I date? The question is, how do I date? Another graphic in the works. I completely agree. And again, coaches can help you with this. I would highly suggest that if you want to change your mindset, that you need to seek an outside resource because, you know, our head is on, you know, it's on us. And it can be a little challenging to know where to start when it comes to, to mindsets. It can um, be very challenging. Look, yeah, and here, here's a little commercial for coaches. Coaches have coaches. 
Oh yeah. Thera- therapists have therapists. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, I'm saying that because I don't want any of you listening to this thinking that you are in some way wrong for not being able to take a peek under your own hood and, and figure this all out. A lot of this, you know, all that we've learned, a lot of it has come from distance, having the distance, having the perspective. That's what a coach can offer you. That's, or a therapist, if you feel the need for that. It's having this distance of being able to be the, the seer, be the viewer, be the listener. Mm-hmm. That being said, we do have some tips that we're going to end with about how you can start to change your mindset, because I'm really guessing if you are feeling stuck, it really could come down to this. First is notice your self-talk. Yeah. And that includes thoughts too. Look, I talk out loud. At least you know someone intelligent is listening when you talk to yourself. It's all good. Oh my God, I love you. It's not a failing. <laughs> but also self-talk, it really means our thoughts because those thoughts, that's us talking to ourselves all day long and first and foremost start to really hear it start to really notice it and start to really not accept you talking smack to yourself (laughs) all day long yep and i'm just gonna piggyback off of that for my tip is catch yourself in the moment first Mm -hmm. you need to notice yourself talk and then you need to stop in the moment and redirect and that takes a lot of practice everyone it took me a while to do it because you got to retrain your system. But yep, catch yourself mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. And the next one I think is super, super important and we don't do it enough. Notice the things that go right. Notice the things that are working in your life. And I'm going to amp this up a minute. Just don't notice them. Celebrate them. Pause and take it in. Soak in it like they're bubbles in a bath, right? We yeah. don't do that. We don't do that enough. We luxuriate in the bad stuff. We luxuriate in the, oh, this is terrible. Oh, woe (laughs) is me. But when something good happens, oftentimes it's, oh yeah, that happened. Okay. And then, and then, and we're right back to the other stuff. If you want to create good and healthy and loving relationships or any experiences that are good and loving and healthy in your life, first thing is to is to really stop and celebrate how many of them you're already having. Yep. Because you are. And I will give a little tip here. One of my closest friends, Jesse Marie, who's been on this show several times, we have a daily practice with each other where at the end or the beginning of each of our days, we send each other a voice memo with three brags from our life. And I love is, that. Oh my God. It is the juiciest thing. And it has helped us both to just really shift gears with our year and really call in just like so much happiness and abundance. So, you know, I encourage people out there to maybe start the same thing with a friend of yours. Another tip, think about how you want to feel and then do things that help you feel that way. Go back and scroll up. I did an episode a little while back called Breakup, Find Your Happy Place. And it's all about creating an environment that helps you to feel the way that you want to feel. Another tip, and this is just highly utilitarian or, or practical, get good sleep, okay? It is really hard to be positive and have 
energy about your life when you're sleep deprived. I'm still surprised how many people, you know, really don't get that much sleep. It's something that I make a huge priority in my life and it helps so much. If you feel well rested, I think that you're more likely to have a better mindset. The next thing that I want to offer is visualize what you want and not only visualize what you want, but also really focus on the best that could happen rather than what can often be, again, our default. I love how things that are default are no fault of ours, right? <laughs> They're just default. Some things feel like they happen automatically, right? But but even those you can change, focus on the best that could happen rather than dwelling on what might happen that might not be the best thing. Yeah. And that's, that's where anxiety comes from is worrying about the future or trying to avoid the future. And I did this for so many years and that was thinking the worst and expecting the worst. And I have to say, I wouldn't say 100% of the time, but I'll definitely say probably 90% of the time, things in are never as bad as you think that they could possibly be. Think about how good they can be yes. if you're thinking about that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you use the word expect. I just want to throw this in there too, that you know, very often in life, people say, oh, you know, you don't necessarily get what you deserve but very often, because your thoughts do create your behavior, lead to your behavior and your behavior and, you know, your actions do play such an integral part in your ultimate outcomes, you might not get what you deserve, but you very often will get what you expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... Oh, if so true. It's mindset. It's mindset. Oh, it's that mindset thing again. Oh yeah, my gosh. It is. It, it, yeah, it really is true. I know that it, if you're going through a breakup right now, this can be really hard to believe and that you could be kind of rolling your eyes. But the way that you think about something is the way that something happens a lot, if not most of the time. Please hit us both up. Lena is an amazing, fun coach. Please go and get her information in the show notes. And if you want to make a difference between now and the end of the year or start the year off right. If you want to attract and invite more love into your life, please go and just have a chat with her. I'm sure you do free consults, Lena. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love to, to chat with people, especially when people have heard me and because I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So that's the <laughs> other thing that I really appreciate about this. I always say I'm not a head patter and I can be a little direct for a lot of people. But, you know, that's why I really love having conversations um, with people who've heard who've heard me, especially on this podcast, because if something resonates for you and you really, really are on the precipice, if you really, really are ready to take that step and create the change that you want to experience in your life, I would love to talk to you if you've heard something and think in some way that I could offer you some clarity or offer you some ideas. 
I'm happy to do that. And thank you for that opportunity again, Jeff. You're so welcome. Obviously, she has the skill set and the expertise to help you, plus a lot of life experience that I actually don't think all coaches have. So please go and get her information in the show notes. If you are feeling stuck in your breakup, hit me up as well. We are here to help. And with that, I am sending you so much strength for the week ahead. And I'll see you soon.